Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Hi everyone, this is Michael Teo here, the founder of Thriving Talents and co-author of The Potential Matrix. Now one of the things that I do very passionately is that I go around the world and I meet extraordinary people doing extraordinary things, especially devoting their life and their excellent work in developing the potential of other people. And today, it gives me great pleasure to host Dr. David Kupminzer, which is a great author, a great thinker in the fields of holistic healing, which is something that David will be talking about later. I would say Dr. David. Now, just to give you all a brief introduction about Dr. David. Dr. David at the great opportunity, or I would say I am deeply honored to have been hosted by Dr. David on his podcast show, which is called Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. And you can actually find it at his website at cuttingagedoc.com, which is where you could find out a lot of information about Dr. David's work in holistic healing, and especially he also provides speaking engagements, coaching, advisory, and help for people to actually develop themselves further. And one thing that really stood out to me about Dr. David was that he has actually worked with a lot of people from across different generations. And I remember when I first appeared in Dr. David's podcast, Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we actually talked about generation gaps. We actually talked about how do we understand the younger generation, which again, based on a recent statistics in the United States industry and market alone, Purchasing power by millennials account to more than a trillion dollars right now. So that's a huge industry. And I thought that, you know, that was good for us to talk about in terms of understanding the young. But for today, it gives me great pleasure to welcome Dr. David instead to our show and for him to share his thoughts. So, Dr. David, you know, thank you for coming here. And I guess right now I want to pass the stage to you. Just tell the audience, everyone who's watching this and listening to this right now, what do you do and what excites you? Well, first of all, Michael, thank you so much for having me in your world. It was an honor to have you in my world. Uh, one of the things that has been very important to me as I get older, I'm 60 years old as we're recording this, so I'm a baby boomer has been to connect with conscious millennials because I really believe that at a soul level, what, what baby boomers are wanting and what millennials are wanting is very much aligned and that we are two pieces of a larger puzzle and that my what I firmly believe is that as conscious baby boomers and conscious millennials can get into communication with the specific intention of bringing out the best in themselves and bringing out the best in each other, that there will be a um, an explosion, a catalytic release of energy and ability and possibility that excites me tremendously and i really believe that the millennials if they had a deeper understanding not only of their own destiny and their own nature
But if they had a deeper understanding of baby boomers, yeah. that yeah. that would empower millennials tremendously. You know, one of the uh, one of the adages I try to live by comes from the great late Stephen Covey, and in his landmark book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. One my, yes. One of my favorite. Uh, habits is, I believe, what he calls the fifth habit, which is seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And I think if millennials would take the love and the care and the time to truly understand the baby boomers, their strengths, their weaknesses, their blind spots, their passions, their pains, that not only would that make an enormous contribution to the baby boomers, but it would make an enormous contribution to the millennials because then the millennials would be able to more consciously and productively interact with the baby boomers. Plus, it might also help the millennials to have a greater appreciation for what their unique destiny might be and what shoulders they are standing on and what unique contribution they can be making to forward the values that we share in terms of unity and love and life and respect and honesty and justice and kindness. So I wanted to say those things as an opening remark before I actually answered the question that you asked me, which was to let, let your tribe know a little bit more about me and what I do. Well, I'm basically a healer and a teacher and a writer and a speaker and a coach and a guide for people. And in terms of where I'm coming from, I'm basically coming from a radical spiritual perspective of the idea that God, or whatever you want to call it, source, that God and reality, with a capital R, are one, that there's a fundamental oneness, there's a fundamental unity of existence, and that any ultimate belief in separation is ultimately a limited or a false idea, and that on the other hand, we each have a unique love, we have a unique destiny, we have a unique personhood, but that uniqueness needs to be understood in the context of a unique expression of unity. Mm -hmm. And when we can honor the one, and we can also honor the uniqueness of each individual and to see that Ultimately, there is no difference, that it is all a unique expression of the one, then we see the world rightly and things have the possibility of falling into place in a very beautiful way. But we, we live, at least in the Western world, on my side of the world, we live under a mass hypnotic delusion of a deep belief in separation and 
when you extrapolate the implications and the applications of that deep belief in separation, you end up getting individuals in a society that is very, very dysfunctional with a lot of dis-ease and on many, many levels. And so there needs to be, if there's going to be true healing and true learning, there needs to be a recovery of the realization of unity, but at the same time to have a respect for essential uniqueness and the diversity that is grounded in unity. So the best uh, metaphor that I have for that is if you take white light and you shine it on a prism, a clear prism, mm -hmm. that white light will be refracted into the seven colors of the rainbow. Mm -hmm. now, now, if your perspective was limited and you could not see the white light, but you could only see the seven colors, you might come to the conclusion that the seven colors are separate. But that would be a false conclusion. We could say that the seven colors are unique, but if you expanded your viewpoint to the whole picture and you could see that they were a phenomena that had to do with the combination of the white light and something that refracted the light, you would see that what appeared to be seven distinct things were actually seven unique expressions of one white light. And our individuals and our world and, and, and humans are in the process of shifting from a level of consciousness where they only see the colors in the rainbow to a right. level of consciousness where they appreciate and see the different colors in the rainbow, but they're also aware of the white light. And so my work takes different forms, mm. but it's all about helping people to get back into alignment and to recover this fundamental knowingness of unity, but also a tremendous respect for the specifics of human existence and for uniqueness and for uh, love and for diversity. Right, right, right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. Sure. Dr. No, sure. I think today we're very excited to talk about the topic of winning the senior generations and leading together with the senior generations from the millennials perspective. I think that's what's really exciting. And just to share with all of you watching and listening to this right now, Dr. David has been a very interesting thought leader that I have the chance to encounter. Reason being because I've traveled around the world, I've worked with Fortune 500 companies. I tend to meet a lot of thought leaders who are very strategical in the way how they approach things. They have management theories, they read up on very prominent books, they present very prominent researchers. But Dr. David, to me personally, came up to me as a thought leader who's talking about the fundamentals of a human being, where you're talking about philosophies right there. You're talking about 
how we all should live in oneness. And I think this really echoes your expertise as being a holistic healer, a holistic teacher, a holistic speaker. And really, you know, getting back to the very foundations of why we behave who we are, which is why, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I got Dr. David involved with this show is because I know that when I ask the golden question, how can us millennials lead together and win over the senior generation, I know that Dr. David is going to give some very fundamental, but fundamental not in its way simple, fundamental in a sense, these are things that we may have forgotten. I mean, you talked about spirituality, you talked about oneness, you talk about interaction with the environment. So I think let's put all the management theories aside. Let's give you know Dr. David the concept you're going to share. I'm very excited and very keen to hear. How can the younger generation, the millennials, work, win over, and lead together with the senior generation? Please. Well, that's a really big question. And so, you know, there's an old question, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. So uh, that's a really big question. I'm going to just pick a place to start. But Michael, feel free to interrupt me. And if, uh, if a more pointed question comes to your mind while I'm talking, feel free to, 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 to bring it up. Pleasure, please. Thank you. So, so my belief is that good things happen when people get in touch with and follow their joy, when they get in touch with their passion and they follow their joy. And so the first thing I would say to millennials is to ask themselves, why? Why do you want to what you would say win over, it wouldn't be my choice of language, but I understand. Why do you want to win over? Or influence or work in a harmonious environment, yeah. yeah. Why do you want to synergize? Synergize, why there you go. You to, why do you want to synergize with the baby boomer generation? What is your purpose? What is your intent? And to really get clear on that, because if you're not clear on your why, and you're not, and your why isn't connected to your passion. Uh, why do it at all? And so, I've noticed that baby boomers—I mean, that millennials—tend to be a little impulsive sometimes in their in their action. And I have found that very often you actually accomplish more in less time and actually enjoy yourself more. If you take a little bit of time, so to speak, to address what I'm pointing to right now is what is your why? Why do you want to, as, as, a, as a generation, why do you want to synergize with the, with the baby boomers? What possibilities do you sense and what, um, and what, and what passions do you have in relation to that? And then, and then in that context, if there are blockages, they will come up for you to look at. If you have new questions, they'll come up for you to look at. So that would be one thing I would say. And then the other thing I would say is to go back to my opening remarks is, and we can get into this in this conversation, and we could have another one if you wanted to, is to really 
seek to understand the baby boomers before you attempt to synergize with the baby boomers, I would proceed with the faith that there is a tremendous win-win possibility here between the millennials and the baby boomers. But in order to um, leverage that possibility, it would be to your advantage to have a deeper understanding of the baby boomers from a historic point of view, from a psychological point of view, from many different points of view, and also to apply that same broader perspective to understanding your own generation. We talked about that a little bit on my podcast, where I think it's very important for millennials as they mature to have a more objective, broader perspective of the of the generation's own strengths and blind spots, the the possibilities and also the pitfalls of being a millennial. Because I think if there's a consciousness and a humility in those areas, the synergy among the generations can be maximized. So one role that I might play today that would be helpful is to answer any questions or share any experiences I can share with you as a baby boomer who lived through the developmental phases of baby boomers to try to give you a greater appreciation for millennia, for baby boomers. And, um, and I'm sure, Michael, you'll have questions that arise. So um, I can either sure. just keep talking or if you have specific questions that have been triggered by my opening comments, I can respond to those as well. I think I, I do have a question, and then I would really want to invite you, Dr. David, to continue sharing your thoughts. It's very exciting. It's very refreshing. But I do have a comment to make. When you mentioned about, you know, I can respect the fact where you have many years of experience, you have deep engagements with the work that you do. I've been going through your website, cuttingagedop.com. I really love what you do. You have literally seen the world, and you have actually coached a lot of talents like myself. Now, talking about relevance, you know, because you have seen the world, you know, and there are a lot of baby boomers, Generation X leaders like yourself in that category who have actually seen the world. My question to you is, of course, just leveraging on that point, how would you like the millennials to make you feel relevant? Because you have all this great experience, you have all these years of track records and engagements in your life. How would you like the millennials to make you feel significant, to make you feel relevant again. Uh, any thoughts on that? I think, I think it has to do with what we're talking about is there are very few millennials who've taken the time to really get to know me, to really understand me. And I think that that is the answer to your question. Right. Right. I think that's the answer. If, if, if for, like, Let's talk about you, for example, as a representative of a millennial leader. Right. If, if you, Michael, took the time, and part of that is what we're doing today, if you took the time to really get to know baby boomers and you really took the time and you were interested, you wasn't just a strategic ploy, but you were really interested 
and you really wanted to get to know me just because you wanted to get to know me and you were interested in learning more about me. Um, that to me is a not only the best strategy with regard to the answer to your question, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it also is the answer. Right. Right. Well, thank it's you. A, wow. It's a living demonstration of the answer. It's not just a strategy to get to the answer, yes. but it is the answer. You're living the answer when you're doing that because it's it's the same if we would switch the tables. Like, for example, with me as a baby boomer leader, if I want to synergize powerfully with you, Michael, that's right. Yeah, I have to get to know you, and you have to get to trust me. And I think it's exactly the same. Yes, very powerful. And, and Dr. David, I'm very touched with that comment. You know, uh, thank you very much for for sharing that. And and really, it's a pleasure to to have you here. Speaking about baby boomers, Generation X, we know that right now, whether the millennials like it or not, your generation, quote unquote, your generation still holds the power. You sign the paychecks, you decide who gets promoted. I mean, you even decide which young talent, which millennial like myself uh, could actually get more opportunity in the world because oftentimes right now in major leadership positions, in decision-making positions, they're often all held by the baby boomers and the Generation X. In your perspective, because you have worked with so many people, you have seen the world, uh, Dr. David, what are some of the traits that is worrying for a baby boomer like yourself, seeing it prevailing among the millennials like what are some of the worrying traits of millennials which basically keeps you awake at night if you could share it well i i think i understand your question but if i'm going off in a way that i'm not bring me back so sure. i think when i i think when conscientious baby boomers look at millennials the first thing is that the, the baby boomers have to get beyond their fears of their own inadequacies in relation wow. to technology. Right, right, right. And also, baby boomers are getting older. They have concerns about their own health. And there are things like that that they need to kind of get past. But assuming that they're able to get past that, which is, which is a major assumption, I don't want to pass that over. I think it's important for a millennial to understand that baby boomers have some deep fears about their inadequacy with regard to technology and also their inadequacy with regard to the fact that as they're getting older, their bodies are requiring more attention and more energy and maybe they don't have the same amount of energy that they had when they were younger. And so this is something that, as a millennial, it would be easy for you to gloss over because you have an abundance of energy and technology comes so easy to you. Hmm. But to have the compassion to understand what, 
what our world is like and what our fears are and to 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 have compassion for them and to interact with baby boomers with the respect to appreciating that that is a likely possibility so that being said i think that the biggest concern that thoughtful baby boomers have about millennials is that they don't have a respect for uh, the way reality actually functions because they've been so immersed in virtual reality. We talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but just to bring it to light, for example, I don't think that most millennials have an appreciation for the process that is involved going from an idea or an inspiration or an intention to the care and the commitment and the discipline and the dedication that's required to go from that stage to actually mastering something, to actually producing something that's impactful, that's excellent, and to bring it into the world of human existence. That right. I think, I think they, uh, millennials confuse the fact that they can have instant virtual communication and sharing of ideas with the idea that you can have instant mastery and the way that occurs so when a when a baby boomer looks at a millennial one of the ways that that uh what i call a distortion or a misperception shows up in the life of a of a millennial from the perspective of the baby boomer is that it looks like the millennial is extremely impatient. Right. Or it looks like the millennial is spoiled. Right. And they and, want things fast, no face-to-face. And, -face. and it's great that the millennial is questioning the way things have been done in the past. And it's great that millennials have the sense that there can be more compression in terms of time and space. And that is a great contribution to all of us. But I think that needs to be tempered with the understanding that there are rhythms. There are rhythms to life that uh, virtual reality can attempt to distort, but cannot actually influence. So for example, if you are, if you are a farmer, you have to have respect for the rhythms of the seasons of the year. 
or if you are an astronomer, you have to have respect for the cycles of day and night. Yes. And, it, and, and there is, I think what happened is the millennials look at the way the older generation lives and they look at the rules that they live by and they are rightfully so question the veracity of and the, and the, and the value of this way of living because they see that a lot of boomers or Gen Xers are not that happy. They're not that creative. They're not that productive. And so there's a tendency to swing the pendulum to the other way and say, well, we'll throw out all the rules and we'll make up our own rules. And there is a certain domain of existence where an individual does have complete sovereignty to make up their own rules. But then there's another domain of existence where there are forces going on that are much bigger than your individual mind. So for example, I have complete dominion potentially over my attitude or over where I focus my awareness or through the choices that I make or my belief system. But it's important that a millennial not take that and extrapolate that into domains where that doesn't apply. So for example, even though all of what I just said is valid, I don't have a choice as an individual about whether the sun is going to come up in the east or whether it's going to come up in the west. Mm -hmm. I don't have a choice about whether the summer is going to turn into the autumn. And so I think it would help the millennials a lot if they would have the humility to realize that there are these domains where individual human beings cannot just make up their own rules and end up having that be productive and creative and joyous. And I think that distinction between how you operate successfully in virtual reality as opposed to how you operate successfully in real reality is a distinction that if you as a leader of millennials could introduce that distinction in the education for millennial leaders and looked at the implications and the value of really owning that distinction, it would accomplish two things. One is it would allow millennials to be much more effective and joyous in general. And number two, it would produce a more mature millennial much more attractive for a baby boomer leader to interact with that mature millennial and to trust that millennial to the point that they would eventually enter into the kind of powerful relationships that I think you're wanting millennial leaders to be able to generate with baby boomer leaders. Right. Right. Is that helpful? 
Yes, it's very helpful, Dr. David. Thank you. Uh, in fact, uh, for all of you actually following us right now, I've been writing all these notes from all that you have shared. Very powerful stuff, I must say. Very powerful stuff. And again, it excites me that you're here with us right now. And Dr. David, you know, I've just talked about or we have discussed about what are some of the worrying traits that millennials have that keeps baby boomers, Gen X, senior leaders like yourself awake at night. And, and you talked about two powerful points which I could really resonate in a sense where I think a lot of millennials these days tend to think that every interaction can be digitized, that everything can be on the virtual reality. It's, I've written a note here where I mentioned that uh, they confuse instant communication of ideas and they tend to forget the process of where they develop the intention and in getting to that idea, which I believe it's a process that the baby boomers or the Generation X enjoy because you were all brought up in an era where there is no technological sophistication. And one of the other things that you mentioned that really resonate deeply in my heart is that virtual reality or the experience of using virtual reality by the millennials can indeed distort the way how we perceive or use time and space, but it cannot influence how we talk to people, which is why I still find a lot of mentors of mine who are from your era, uh, Dr. David, baby boomers, Generation X, every time when I'm WhatsApping them or I am sending them a text message, they will always ask for a time for me to at least have coffee with them or at least, you know, have a face-to-face -face interaction using Skype like that, you know. So I, I really echo what you're saying. And uh, Dr. David, I've just asked you a question about what are the worrying traits of millennials that keeps you awake at night? Now let's flip the boat. Let's talk about what are some of the uh, opportunity, what are some of the positive traits that you believe millennials generally have that you believe they should amplify in order to lead and to work better with the senior generations? Please. Okay, I'm gonna answer that question on a couple of different, several different levels. Please. So Please. starting at the deepest level, and this might be a little too deep for some of you, but that's okay. If it doesn't resonate with you, just let it go by. And that is that I really believe that at a soul level, at a DNA level, many millennials were already born what i call coded or activated for tremendous possibilities that those of us in the baby boomer generation we had to do a tremendous amount of uh, psychological and spiritual and physical purification and development to get to that place so i think Millennials are already coded or prepared for their destiny. And each generation has unique challenges and unique blind spots. And, um, and I think one of the reasons I'm so drawn to working with millennials is I believe that if millennials can address the issues that I am addressing, that it's like cracking a safe, that if you are a millennial and you want to crack the code of your being to bring out your joy and bring out your effectiveness, there has to be a certain level of 
psychological maturation and spiritual maturity and historical perspective that needs to be in place that allows the possibilities of the way your generation was coded that allows that to be activated so that those so that the power that you are able to activate can be used in a safe and wise manner because you don't want to be the generation that uses technology to destroy the world you want right. to be the generation that uses technology to emancipate human beings and so there so so that is a wonderful gift that i think life or god has given your generation but it's a gift that requires a special kind of stewardship in order to maximize the beneficial impact now on 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 other levels in terms of uh how that shows up is one is the obvious gift that millennials have for having a tremendous facility almost a unification with the potentials of technology of the holographic nature of um the the, the way that the internet interacts with the human brain so that uh, so the brain of a millennial is oriented from very early on into this compression of time and space so that millennials do not have the feeling of being limited by time and space and that is beautiful that's a beautiful possibility to sense but to realize that also there is this unfolding process of manifestation that um that for certain things take time um that's obviously a tremendous benefit the fact that you have the ability to communicate almost instantaneously with your tribe and to get immediate feedback that if there was a maturity of individual millennials there could be the development of a group consciousness for millennials that would be phenomenal but the problem is is that if the individual millennial consciousness is not mature enough to uh to balance the group energy then you run the risk of an imbalance between the energy of the individual and the energy of the group like for example i know a lot of millennials that use the group as a way to hide as an individual they use the group as a way to avoid their own personal issues they use the group as a way to avoid developing themselves as a unique individual person that can stand on his or her own and that is a really big danger i see otherwise you end up in a premature sort of neptunian type of attempt at unification that is really an illusion is really an escape from personal development and personal responsibility so i think as a millennial leader if you are sensitive to those dynamics and if there's something i can do to help you become more sensitive to those dynamics then we will have been doing a great service I have a question. 
how can a millennial leader be sensitive to those dynamics? Like, I would imagine that a millennial who's poised to be a leader, he would, he or she would have to be someone who's able to lead people from different generations, including the baby boomers and the senior generations as well. And we're seeing a lot of that happening, especially in a lot of new businesses and a lot of startups. So you get to see a lot of the younger entrepreneurs taking the helm of leadership and they're hiring people who are like two to three decades older than them to actually run the processes. And I'm going to take your offer from that, you know, Dr. David. How can we train our sensitivity to know how to manage and how to lead or how to inspire the um, senior generation? I'm not sure I understand the, the deep thread of your question. I, I got a little, I felt like I was going in different directions there. Could you, right. could you restate your sure. question to me? Like um, in your most recent sharing session, like a, a few seconds ago, you mentioned about the sensitivity, the awareness of millennials to be able to work together, the awareness or sensitivity of the millennial to understand the different dynamics of working together with the senior generation, with the baby boomers, with the Generation X leaders. Now, my question to you is how can a millennial leader like myself enhance our sensitivity towards those dynamics? What are the things that we could do that will help us understand the senior generations better? Well, what is it that you feel you don't understand about what is it? Where are you feeling blocked? What is it that you feel you want to understand better about? my generation right so that's the main question that millennials should ask this question right now what is it that you michael right now as a millennial leader what do you want to know what do you want to know more about about baby boomers or about how to interact with them what is your desire well, my desire, of course, personally for me is baby boomer leaders being able to uh, be open to accept more of our ideas, our points of view, and to basically give us more opportunity to showcase what we can do. I uh, think, uh, yeah, okay. I think there is, uh, I'm going to suggest a radical shift in your right. perspective. Is that okay? Yes, yeah. definitely. Go ahead, doctor. I would say do not wait for the baby boomers to give you permission. If I were in your shoes, what I would do is I would demonstrate a new company, a new way of doing things that work better and part of what I would do that would work better is that if I were a millennial, I would set up, like you know how companies have board of directors? Yep. What I would do is I would set up something called an intergenerational advisory board. And nice. what, I would, what I would do instead of trying to fit in to the structures that are an expression of the consciousness of the baby boomers, 
what I would do is I would create an entirely new parallel reality. I would create a brand new baby, a brand new structure that is a reflection and expression of my consciousness. And what I would do is I would be smart enough to invite boomers like myself to be part of your new parallel reality, to be part of a new intergenerational advisory board. I think you are still giving your power away to the baby boomers. And I think my suggestion to you is pretty radical, is stop waiting for the baby boomers to change. Reclaim your own power and demonstrate a way that is so obviously superior to what currently exists that intelligent people start being attracted to what you're doing and they want to understand who you are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it, what's different about it, how can they learn. And, and in that context of reclaiming your own power, then you can have relationships with baby boomers that will be tremendously satisfying to you, tremendously empowering to you. Powerful stuff, Dr. David. That's very significant. And even though you mentioned that it is a radical shift, I think it's very timely. I think a lot of millennials out there could learn from this. I particularly like your idea of setting up an intergenerational advisory board the consciousness of us Gen Ys, right, the millennials, uh, when we're producing a new project or producing a new opportunity, we know that that project or opportunity is formed from our intention, is formed from the experiences of what we have encountered in our era. However, I think what I really like what you just said is that invite the senior generations, invite the baby boomers, invite the Generation X leaders to come in and join us. So instead of just waiting for them to give us a chance, I like the phrase you the phrase you use about reclaiming our power. We're pretty yeah, much right now let this showcase. Otherwise, you're trying to put a a round peg into a square hole, and it's not going to feel good to you. <laughs> It's, it's, it's not going to feel good to be a senior generation as well. Exactly. And I think this is the shift that really is going to break the whole thing open is for your generation, especially the leaders of your generation, to reclaim your power. But for example, the way it's going to happen is exactly by what we are doing right now. In other words, what we're doing right now is not just a theoretical conversation about something that I'm suggesting that you do. We are doing testing. That's right. That's right. Right. That's and so this, so this is a living demonstration of the possibility and the power of what I'm talking about. I know as a representative of a, of a baby boomer leader, I know, I know how honored and excited and thrilled I would be, a thoughtful, inspired invitation from a millennial leader who was committed to demonstrating a 
business or community structure that embodied my highest ideals, but but substantiated those ideals in ways that I cannot, and someone who respected their own generation, but someone who also respected my generation and was thoughtful enough and mature enough to say, I would like you to be part of my intergenerational advisory board. I can't promise that I will always agree with you, but I can promise you that there will always be a space for you to share your thoughts and ideas and concerns with me. And I will always treat your communications with respect, even though I may not agree, I may not adopt your suggestions, but your, your viewpoint is very valuable to me. And if that is, if that is not a, a ploy, but if that is a sincere utterance, you are going to attract some amazing, amazing, amazing baby boomers who will be so grateful to you because they will experience this opportunity as a way for them to leave a legacy that they are afraid that they will not be able to leave. So this, so this addresses another deep fear of the baby boomers that you asked me about in the beginning. One That's of right. the deep fears of the baby boomers is that they will die before they have accomplished their mission as baby boomers. And so if you can create a, a powerful and compelling invitation to baby boomer leaders to fulfill their life and leave the kind of legacy they want to and to pass the baton to your generation in ways that they know that the harvest of their life is being recorded and respected and integrated into your unique perspective. That to me would be the, uh, uh, I don't wanna say the ultimate, what, but would be a glorious expression of the kind of synergy that I think we're talking about here. That is, that is so beautiful, Dr. David. Thank you. And, and I think that's such a powerful point when you mentioned about one of the fears that baby boomers or Generation X leaders have is the fear of death, but death in a way where if they die tomorrow, have they achieved their mission? What legacy would they leave behind? And I think for a millennial, if we're able to open that opportunity to share with them that opportunity where we could co-create and build that legacy to get them closer to their mission. I think, number one, that removes their fear of what would happen if they leave the world the next day. But more so, it will also create, like you've mentioned, a powerful synergy and appreciation and even love between the senior generation and the younger generation. And I thought that, that was very powerful. I just want you to know that I really appreciated that, that, that last point. Yeah, I think that, um, in fact, I think that's such a powerful note that it might be the best note to, to sort of begin to wind down this particular meeting. 
and I'm I very understand. open to having I'm very open to having more meetings and I know for myself that I'm feeling really good right now because I feel that I've effectively communicated something to you that was very important for me to communicate to you because I don't want you giving your power away trying to fit in to a structure that doesn't really resonate with your joy. I want you to bring forth the structure and processes and systems that do resonate with your joy and then look at how you can include the baby boomers in your joy. That's right. David, Dr. David, thank you so much for your time and you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm going to just leave our thought for now for that last statement where you mentioned about, you know, the fear of the baby boomers or the Gen X is that if they are unable to leave their legacy or accomplish their mission. I think for millennials, you know, think about ways and how you could work together with the senior generation, help them get to their mission and at the same time, that experience in itself should help you discover and build your own mission and your legacy as well. And I thought that that was really powerful. And Dr. David, I really want to thank you so much for your time. And before we go, I'd just like to ask, what are your hopes for the millennials? What are your hopes for them in their interaction in a world when power is still mostly being held by the senior generation? by the baby boomers and the Generation X. What are your hopes for the millennials? Well, again, I want to challenge your assumptions. I would suggest that you let go of that idea and make a distinction between, um, make a distinction between true power and delegated authority. Fantastic. Again, again, don't try to fit into the world you see on the screen of your perception. That reality that you see is just one possibility of a virtually infinite number of possible realities. Use what you see to clarify your own intentions and your own desires and then reclaim your own true power, discover your joy and follow your joy and you will find that the screen of your reality will make a quantum leap. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. David. Dr. David, before we end our discussion today, I would want to tell you that uh, in the future, in the very new future, in fact, um, we will be actually sharing more topics with you. And I really enjoy our conversation. Let's do it again. Now, for all the viewers and all the listeners out there, how can they get in touch with you? And I know that you have you know, the great website, yeah. cuttingagedoc.com. You provide a lot of materials and value over there. Uh, tell us, how can they get in touch with you? And how can you help them? What are the things that you can do for them? Well, I consult with people all over the world. We can work through Skype or this way through a Google Hangout or over the telephone. I also see people in person in California, in Northern California. Um, one of my legacies, one of my gifts is 
my ongoing podcast series where I do in-depth interviews with people like Michael, people that are doing cutting edge work in the areas of either healing or spirituality or social transformation. If you go to cuttingedgedoc.com, that's cuttingedgedoc.com, you can learn more about me and you can tap into the podcasts. There's also a contact form, so you can communicate with me that way. If you're interested just in my private doctor practice, you can go to davidkamnitzer.com. That's David, K-A-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, I-T-Z-E-R. I'm .com. I'm also very active on Facebook. You can reach me there. Um, I'll give you my direct email address is david.kamnitzer, david.kamnitzer at gmail.com. And um, the people that I tend to enjoy working with the most and the people who seem to enjoy working the most with me are people who have uh, a strong desire to know high levels of personal freedom and joy and responsibility and true power and who uh, are committed to service to other people. Um, those are the people that I tend to work with the best. I, I like empowering leaders. I find that that's a really high leverage way for me to spend my time. And uh, I, I welcome all sincere inquiries. And uh, one thing that I would really appreciate in terms of allowing this conversation to have the maximum impact is when you make, um, when you produce this for its final version, I would love you to produce both an audio only version and a video version so that people who uh, maybe want to listen while they're driving in their car Definitely. or something can do that as well. I think that would be very helpful. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate that we had this conversation and I have a strong sense that there will be some very powerful ripples in the universe from the shift in consciousness that is taking place in this conversation. Definitely. Dr. David, thank you so much for your time and no worries, we will be producing our content, our discussion right now in both audio form and video form. Uh, we'll be looking for a transcriber to see what we could do about it as well for those avid readers. But I really want to thank you for your time, Dr. David. There you have it, you know, Dr. David from cuttingagedoc.com. And this is Michael Teo here, the founder of Thriving Talents, the co-author of Potential Matrix. It's such a great pleasure to host you, Dr. David, today. And to all of you watching and listening to this right now, I hope that with all these ideas, strategies, but more so the shift in paradigms in how we think and how we would challenge ourselves now to think of our interaction with the senior generation will be even more empowered after this conversation right now. I want to thank you all for listening. And this is Michael Teo here from Thriving Talents signing off. Thank you, everyone. And thank you again, Dr. David. Thank you for making time. My pleasure. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. To access all episodes, including show notes, go to CuttingEdgeDoc.com. That's CuttingEdgeDoc.com. Lastly, if you love today's show, you can support Dr. David, his work, and the show by going over to iTunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment. Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.